0: The group stage of World Cup 2022 is nearly at an end. We've had drama, shocks, great goals, and a few dreadful games along the way. The last 16 is taking shape, but who will take the final few places? I'm Kevin Hatchard, and this is World Cup Only Better. Mark O'Hare has completely ignored pop culture all his life, just so he can become the ultimate tipping machine. Mark, let's start with Portugal's group. We know that Portugal are through. They face a South Korea side that must win to have a chance of qualification. I know South Korea kind of briefly flickered into life in their previous game against Ghana. They've been a bit disappointing, haven't they?
1: Yeah, um, I didn't have the highest hopes for South Korea coming into this competition, in, in all fairness. Um, Paolo Bento, the the head coach, has been um, under a fair degree of pressure back home over the last 18 months or so because of the style of play and the lack of inspiration in this team. And there's been a, a, a general feeling, that it's down to Son to create and, and converts. And if it's not Son, then it's no one else really. And um, yeah, they've looked a bit um, pedestrian at times, I think. When they have clicked into gear, they have look like they have got players of promise outside of Son who can cause problems. But yeah, uh, they've just not been good enough so far. And this is a, an awkward game to, to try and attack from a, a punting perspective for me anyway, because you've got Portugal who already threw, might make changes here, and, and South Korea needing to go sort of chase the game as well. So it's not a match I'm, I'm particularly yeah, enamored in from a betting perspective. If I had to, I probably would take South Korea plus one on the Asian handicap around 185. Um just because of the fact that Portugal don't need to win this game, um, a, a point should seal a top spot in the pool. So to see them winning by two goals or more feels uh, more unlikely than likely. Um, and look, Portugal are a team who um, I'm still struggling to sort of rate them um, because I don't think they've been that good. Um, I think the match, um, well, South Korea's match against Uruguay was as, uh, probably as fair and nil-nil as you'll find. But the uh, the Portugal game against Uruguay, I didn't think they were that great, and I no, thought the scoring was a Yeah, the scoreline felt harsh on Uruguay. Um, So I'm still sort of struggling to work out how good this Portuguese team is. We know individually they've got such outstanding talent, but I'm still sort of failing to sort of see it all being put together so far. So um, I think South Korea will... You know, I think what worked against them actually against Ghana was just Ghana bringing the chaos to the game, which South Korea weren't really accustomed to. And, and Portugal aren't going to do that. So perhaps sort of the methodical approach that they normally take will be better suited for a game against Portugal. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tricky game for me from a betting perspective. I think there's much better alternative selections elsewhere on the coupon. So intrigued to see if the guys have found a, a blinder or not.
0: Trader and tips to Jason Murphy is with us Jason there was a lot of angst about whether Cristiano Ronaldo or Bruno Fernandes scored the opening goal against Uruguay frankly it was quite pathetic seeing Ronaldo saying oh I managed to flick it with my hair and that's actually been uh, proven not to be the case due to the uh, technology in the ball I didn't realize they had a cricket like snicko uh, in the ball but apparently they do um, but at Betfair we had betters covered anyway didn't we
2: We did. Um, Just to say, at the time of recording, there's news reports that he's actually signing a multi-million, million, million million pound deal to go and play in Saudi Arabia. The only holdup is he wants a clause in the contract. If the ball comes within 12 inches of him on his way (laughs) into the back of the net, he gets credit with the goal. And if there's a penalty, regardless for which side he wants to take it as well, did you, <laughs> I just can't get my head around it? Like, he is not happy when anyone else scores from Portugal. Next time Portugal score, or if it's a penalty and he's on the sideline, have a look, not the smile, look at the eyes. He's dead behind the eyes. He's not happy oh, yeah. if anyone else scores. He's more, yeah. He, yeah, he's more than happy to carry on like he scored Fernandez's goal the other day. And look, we just felt it was a bit harsh on on, on Betfair Punters because the way Ronaldo carried on you think your bet was a winner. So we thought it was only fair. And we ped out on Ronaldo on the first goal scorer market, Ronaldo anytime goal scorer market, and Ronaldo to have one or more shots on target on the Betfair Sportsbook. We thought it was only fair. But thankfully, you know, FIFA correctly credited Bruno Fernandez with the goal. He's actually he was unlucky not to have a hat trick. He scored the two goals then he had the penalty only the woodwork tonight in the match ball. But He's had a he's really shortened up actually in the golden ball market. Will he walk away at the end of the tournament with that? That's that's something to see. He's had two goals, two assists in the opening two games. Man the man, well, man of the man, man the match performance he got against Uruguay. He's into around 12 or 14 to 1 from 66 is for the golden ball. There could be a narrative there. Portugal topping the group, therefore avoiding Brazil. Bruno Fernandez, if he you know, if he catches the headline, a couple of assists, another couple of goals, he could well be in that golden ball conversation. But as for Ronaldo, Apparently, he's not cutting his hair for the rest of the tournament now, which is probably (laughs) an estimate to the winner that he is. He'll do everything he can, even claim goals that aren't his.
0: There was a free kick he had against Uruguay. I was watching the game with the kids and I said to the kids... Watch him smash this into the wall now. And that's exactly what he did. He did the, the hands on the hips, looking up at the big screen, see if he could catch himself uh, in the big screen. And there it was, straight into the wall. Uh, the dashing doctor of data, Jake Oskathorpe from Infogol, has been crunching the numbers, so you don't have to. Um, Jake, let's take a look at the other game from that group. Uruguay have got to beat Ghana. This is a grudge match. This is great because if you go back to 2010, they had a quarterfinal between them, Ghana and Uruguay. Uh, there was uh, a shot that Luis Suarez basically punched off the line, uh, got sent off and then as he was going down the tunnel he turned around to watch the penalty uh, and it got missed and then he celebrated again as he went off. Wonderful pantomime villain that he is and Ghana went out. So Ghana utterly determined um, to win this game, to stop Uruguay going through, do we factor that in at all? That sense of revenge. Um, we don't factor it in
3: with the underlying data models, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the XG robots <laughs> would
0: be confused about that, wouldn't they? Yeah,
3: it's how do you quantify something like that? Um,
0: how do yeah, you quantify the... hatred? That's
3: exactly that's... yeah. Um, I, I don't. I... It is interesting narrative. It really is uh, the fact that you know Ghana get the opportunity to effectively knock Uruguay out. But they've been so bad defensively at this tournament, in Ghana, that I can't get in, getting them on side here. Because I agree with everything you guys have said about the Uruguay Portugal game. I thought Portugal were very fortunate to win that match. Uruguay looked the better team. They created the better chances. Um, they limited Portugal to just zero point five two non-penalty expected goals, which is a really solid defensive effort. And that kind of continues a trend from of Uruguay under new manager. Diego Alonso um, against South Korea, just 0.72 expected goals. uh, Across the four matches in World Cup qualifying under Alonso, it was just 0.6 expected goals against on average. So they are a team that don't concede a lot of good chances. Um, And I think that that will really negate the Ghana chaos which they try to bring. and. Unfortunately, as I generally have been on these World Cup podcasts, I'm going to be a bit of a killjoy. I don't think it's going to be a very entertaining game. This, I, boo, I, I think, boo. yeah. Sorry, <laughs> um, you know. At, at least I've been right on a, quite a few occasions. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I really think this is going to be a a tight and cagey game. Um, there'll be a lot of niggly fouls and a lot of break up of play. Probably a lot of cards, given the narrative um, which we've already discussed. But I just thought the. The way the the fact that Uruguay is so solid at the back, they don't give up too many chances, um, and Ghana defensively are all over the shop. Um, yeah, Uruguay haven't created as much as what we'd probably expect over the two two games so far, but they should be able to create against this Ghana defence. Um, so yeah, I, I I just thought the price of Uruguay to win to nil was around three point three. That took took me by surprise. I thought it'd be a little bit shorter. Just purely because when Uruguay tend to win under Alonso, it comes with a clean sheet um and they know that their job they don't they don't have to worry about goal difference goal scored or anything like that. If they beat Ghana, they go through um and you know unless there's a massive shock in the other in the Portugal South Korea game so yeah I think that we'll see a very controlled performance from Uruguay similar to what we saw against Portugal um and yeah they they were unfortunate to probably not win that game or at the very least not be in front early doors. So, yeah, I, I thought that that was a, quite a big price to, to cheer on in, in that game in what, what I think could be quite low scoring.
0: Mark, this is just wall-to-wall violence, isn't it? This is your dream game, I would think.
1: Uh, we'll get to the dream game, but um, no, this is this will be up there. I um, haven't got the referee appointment and we don't have card markets yet, so it's hard to make a real strong judgment. But um, I'm of a slightly different opinion to Jake. I think this does have potential to be a bit of a thriller, and that's because Ghana are involved. Um, mentioned the word chaos. They are going to bring the chaos. That tends to be how they thrive in matches. And um, Uruguay have to go for it. You know, there's no, there's no way, other way about it. I mean, they can try and scrape and, and grind out a, a win to nil, which. It's entirely plausible, of course it is. But, um, you know, they're, they're playing catch-up because I think the Diego Alonso picked the wrong team in the first match and paid the price for that. Then the failure to take their chances across the first two games, still without a goal. That's quite criminal, really. Um, as we say, we the result was harsh against Portugal. They did give up very little uh, opportunities and they've only given away six shots in the box so far. But they've looked pedestrian in possession. They've looked to be lacking in penetration for a lot of the time. And Diego Alonso is coming under plenty of criticism back home for his team selections and his um, tactics so far. And um, we've got to see something different, really. And look, they have been a little bit unlucky. They've hit the woodwork three times already. And if just one of those efforts goes in, uh, it's a completely different complexion on things. But it hasn't. And they're now in this hole, which they need to get out of, which means they have to press forward and try and do something more in forward areas. And that is going to leave them open. Uh, Where are Uruguay's weaknesses? It's probably defensive pace and whereas Ghana's strengths is all in attacking pace so um, I think tactically this could work out quite nicely for Ghana. I think they're a real wild card in this match um, so I like both teams to score a better than even money 2.05 on the exchange Ghana's matches so far obviously it's just a two-game sample but they're averaging over 3.2 xg per game uh, most of that is coming against them because they've conceded 23 shots in the box but I think they will get opportunities in counter-attacks, in transitions. And the likes of Diego Godin, defensively, uh, that worries me against the likes of uh, Nyaki Williams and co. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm expecting Ghana to bring the noise, bring the chaos. Uh, I think we could have a, a really sort of fun, exciting, entertaining game with plenty of violence too.
0: Jason, I've been really impressed with Mohamed Kudus for Ghana. I think he's got himself into some really good scoring positions. Obviously, he's uh, hit the net a couple of times as well. Do you think this will be a wide open game in the end?
2: I think it has to be because Uruguay, you know, need the results. And we've seen what happened when they conceded against Portugal like that. They, they came out and they started playing and actually carried a bit of attacking and threat. And if they had it approached their games like that, they would have probably scored before now. And um, Kudas has been brilliant. Things about 11 to 1 first goal score market, if you're having a look, and I always enjoy watching the Naki Williams he saw so lively. Uh but Ghana have actually overperformed their XG a lot, and part of that was to do with the set pieces that we were getting against South Korea, the South Korea line was so deep, whereas that won't happen with Uruguay. So I think that's one avenue for Ghana that the that Manchester score against South Korea that won't be there available against Uruguay when you have Jimenez, Godin, they'll be properly set up. So I don't see Ghana getting chances that way. But as Mark alluded to, definitely in open play on the ground with a bit of speed, they'll definitely have chances. Ghana were 11-4 to, to qualify when the tournament started. They're even money now. And look, we love World Cup. We, we love the narratives. And it just be justice. It really would be poetic justice, if Ghana were to knock Uruguay out 12 years later, it'd be incredible. But like Mark said, we've a wild card already. You know, we've talked about KS and, and some men just love to watch the world burn and there's no better man than Luis Suarez for that. So <laughs> if he could start, he's 92, first goal scorer. I taught them. it's hard to know, like he did not, I taught in the first game and then going with Cavani and uh, Darwin Nunes made sense against Portugal. So if he does start Luis Suarez, he probably doesn't finish the game, but it's about nine to four Uruguay to win and Luis Suarez to score anytime if he if he does start. So I haven't got a bet for this game, but absolutely I think there's going to be drama one way or the other. It's going to be another great World Cup story, or add another chapter to a really fascinating World Cup story, whatever way it goes. And absolutely well worth a watch. And I'm not sure who's commentating on it. Dion Dublin, I enjoyed him, you know, Ghana, South Korea. Much, much better than watching Holmes under the hammer. Unfortunately, it's the (laughs) last day of the group stages. We've had a great run of it. So just enjoy it while it lasts for one more day.
0: This football season get a helping hand with BetFair's popular bet builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description, 18 plus Tournament favourites Brazil through with a game to spare. They face a the Cameroon side. It's been great fun, but only has a slender chance of making progress. Mark, Brazil are the 1.34 favourites here, but you've got to think goals are the way to go, maybe, because we're talking about Ghanaian chaos, or Cameroon bring a fair bit of chaos as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they do. Um, Intriguing game, this, because obviously Brazil being in the position they are, they might rest and rotate, but you look at the cast of players who could come into the team, uh, they're not huge downgrades, and Cameroon They've probably been better than we anticipated, or I certainly did, but um, still, I think they do fall short. I think they are probably one of the worst coached teams in the competition. They've got individuals in forward areas who can cause any team problem, but they come up against a Brazilian team who are so set in their ways, they're so controlled and they can squeeze the life out of you at the best of times. But because of the, the state of play in this group, they might get an opportunity or two to hurt Brazil because they'll have their eyes elsewhere. Um but I do also think this has a potential to be a bit of a blowout as well. Anana uh, missing for Cameroon is, is a huge, huge loss. We saw that in the goal they conceded against Serbia with the goalkeeper, perhaps at fault. Um,
0: it's so stupid, isn't it? I mean, you know, to, to have an argument with your goalkeeper, who is by far your best goalkeeper, because you're trying to get him to change his style in the way that he's played his whole career. It's just brain dead, isn't it? <laughs>
1: It is, but I think we've seen this before with Cameroon. Um, don't want to sort of single them out, but they've been at major tournaments in the past and there's been implosions. It tends to be the way, um, but um, and that's a concern, really. Um, the way Their heads dropped a little bit at times as well. I know they they battled back in that match against Serbia, but, but I think Brazil have the quality to slice and dice them if they fancy turning up to this game. Um, the handicap is set at one and three quarters on the Asian line, which is probably fair enough, really. But I think if you sort of dig a little bit deeper, go into the correct score market, you can get any other away win, which is Brazil basically to win and score four goals or more at 4.1, which feels big. Um, Serbia had absolutely no trouble opening Cameroon up defensively. They scored three goals, generated 2.3 XG, had 10 shots in the box. Once Switzerland sort of settled in that match, they had no problem whatsoever finding joy down the flanks in particular. Just general sort of easy sort of cutbacks to, to the edge of the box caused Cameroon all sorts of problems too. So um, Cameroon obviously have to win to try and stay in alive in this comp- in this competition. Brazil are going to enjoy that extra space and freedom. They didn't have that in the first two games against Serbia, who were much more defensive than we expected. And then Switzerland, who of course, are very well organised anyhow Um Cameroon, um, sorry, Brazil have managed thirty-six shots, twenty-one efforts inside the box, and three point four expected goals, and that's against two teams who park the bus. Basically, uh, Cameroon, there's no option for them but to go for this. So, I think it could easily escalate into something ugly, or you know, potentially quite enjoyable. But um, yeah, rather than sort of backing Brazil and over three and a half goals, or Brazil and anything like that. The 4.2 on them to win by any other away win as it's categorized as it's basically brazil to win and score four goals or more at 4.2 i think that's a decent price to cheer on for a bit of interest
0: jake is that the way you go do you think this is going to be pretty one-sided
3: definitely yeah um not really giving cameroon too much of a chance here they're they're, they're in a desperate situation they've got to beat brazil to have any chance of qualifying uh, they've got to play attacking football which as mark said is going to leave them exposed even against Switzerland and Serbia, two teams that don't have the you know attacking tools that Brazil have, even in their Brazil second team, um, conceded 1.93 and 2.3 expected goals. So they they're defensively all over the place. Um, and yeah, Brazil they might ring the changes, but as Mark said, that the the players that will come in are going to be of a very high standard, um, and they're going to be players that. You know we'll be trying to play and impress the coach to maybe get get in from the start in the next round so um they'll be well up for it defensively they've been excellent for a long period of time as well brazil which i think is something that that people are starting to take note of um so far this tournament 0.22 xg 0.42 xg throughout world cup qualifying so 17 games in south american world cup qualifying which is you know not the easiest um federation confederation to qualify from they concede just 0.44 expected goals against per game so they generally are <clears throat> the best defensive team in the world when it comes to expected goals and uh, limiting their opponents so i won't be at all surprised to see them shut cameroon out just you know I, know I know cameroon's strength is in the forward areas but brazil's strength is is defensively um and yeah brazil they should have no problem creating chances themselves so i just thought the, pr- the price of um brazil's minus one and a half on the asian handicap you're getting around 1.82 that'll do for me i think they'll win this at least two nil three nil maybe um and like mark said if you want any other score i won't be surprised to see them four five anything like that
0: now it's worth bearing in mind you can get a five pound free bet when you place a five pound bet builder on selected world cup matches t's and c's in the description 18 plus see gambleaware.org now i've been thinking What does Mark mean? There's a dream game coming up. And then it clicked. Oh, it's Switzerland against Serbia. There's going to be all kinds of violence here. Uh, Now, Switzerland will progress if they avoid defeat against Serbia and Cameroon don't beat Brazil, which we don't think is going to happen. But the Swiss are 2.96 outsiders here, Mark. And I go back to something you've brought up before, which is just because the Swiss don't need to win doesn't mean they're a worse team than Serbia so can't quite get to that position that the Swiss are outsiders.
1: Nope, neither can I uh, I think there's a, a great opportunity to back Switzerland plus a quarter of a goal start on the Asian handicap at 1.77 where you make a half stakes profit if the game ends in a draw and a full stakes if they win this match happy to be pro Switzerland as I was pre-tournament too um don't want to get too heavy on the politics but um Obviously, four years ago, this was a, a very politically charged match and uh, you know tensions have been stoked as already in this competition by flags being hung, hung up in, in team changing rooms, etc. So there is a potential for this game to explode and you know, obviously you need to be aware of who's probably the most um, combustible out of the two teams. And you'd probably have to say the Serbians are when you look in individually. I know Switzerland have their, their characters there, but uh, that would be a, a mark against Serbia for me. But also too, as we've talked about many, many times really, is the defence. Um, we saw them sort of go away from their standard uh, game plan against Brazil. Uh, went very defensively minded, but they went back to being gung-ho against uh, Cameroon. And we saw how easily they can be got at. They conceded three goals, eight shots on target, nine shots in the box over two expected goals so that's a that's a worry and uh, we you know the greatest respect to Cameroon as we've already discussed they've got quality in forward areas but they're not the best coach team in this competition Switzerland may not be the best coach team but they're certainly the most um, one of the most consistent in terms of their offering we always know what we're going to get from them uh, I think they're, they're um there's um just continuity about them about, about what they have able to achieve and they've achieved well, played together brilliant- for so long now that group haven't they yeah, exactly. And they're very tough to break down, uh, difficult to beat, just very smart, streetwise, efficient, effective. All those words could be used to describe Switzerland. Not lazy stereotypes. They've been this way for a while and, and that's comes through the continuity of playing together. So they've been in this position many times before and they've often got what they needed. Um, so I, I'm, I'm aware of Serbia's dangers. Of course I am. I've watched a match like most of us probably did when they went to Lisbon, needing a win and they were tremendous, got the result they deserved against Portugal in qualification. But I just think um, in almost all the sort of unvariable, basically the characteristics you can't really quantify in terms of a bet, in terms of temperament and discipline, um, confidence and, uh, you know, all for me sits with Switzerland um, rather than Serbia. Serbia have kept three clean sheets now in 16 competitive matches, including World Cup qualifiers and Nations League games. The toughest opponent across those fixtures was Portugal twice, and that sample includes games against Azerbaijan, Luxembourg, Slovenia and Ireland. Use those four games, Azerbaijan, Luxembourg, Slovenia and Ireland. Four home and away games, so eight matches overall. They managed one clean sheet in those eight-game samples. So um, happy to be with Switzerland here with a quarter-goal start. And actually, you can back Switzerland to win and both teams to score at 6.2. Would not be surprised to see something (laughs) occur in the second half. Serbia lose their heads, go down to 10 men and Switzerland pick them off and uh, you get a bit of a runaway win. can happen on the final match day of a World Cup. So, yeah, expecting cards. We don't have markets. We don't have a referee just yet. But uh, they'll be sort of the two avenues I'll be looking to attack.
0: Stop panicking, everyone. We will have a referee by the time the game starts, even though he, they might not want to be there by the football time. A football referee finishes. or a boxing referee? Might need both, to be honest, Jake. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing. Are you on similar lines here that you think the Swiss are going to be able to ease through?
3: I am, yeah. I think the Swiss are the bet. When it comes to the, the traditional markets, um, I think they've, they've got that they've got a little bit more um, now in this kind of you know arena, needing a result to qualify for a knockout competition. Serbia, you know, they're, they're not as experienced when it comes to these kind of games. Um, but I, I just thought the price on both teams to score looked quite big. Um, you're getting 1.9 on the exchange for that. We saw Serbia's complete chaos against Cameroon.
0: They blew Um, it, really, didn't they? They did, That's that's the brutal truth of it. They blew it.
3: They did. Um, It was was a little bit, it reminded me a little bit of the Germany-Japan game where they were in total control for 60 minutes and then they just had a 10-minute lapse in concentration and the game got away from them and obviously the result wasn't what they needed. Um, But yeah, they, they, you know, that... The fact that they created loads of good chances against Cameroon was no surprise, but I think it, the, the game state here means that they're going to be all out attack and trying to create chances here as well. I know Switzerland have got a much stronger rear guard than Cameroon, but I would still expect Serbia to score at least once, given the amount of um, you know the amount of pressure that's on them to go forward and, and create chances. Um, and then obviously that leaves them exposed at the other end, and, and we saw what Cameroon did to them on the on the counter attacks with just very quick, quick uh, direct balls over the. Um, over the, the the top um so yeah i just thought both teams to score 1.9 was was a big price and you think the swiss have got some really you know, good threats good attacking threats for that are pacey in those forward areas particularly um Bolo that can cause major problems
0: and just finally jason just, just gonna hurl a question at you um in this tournament are there things that have surprised you are there is there value there kind of outside of uh, you've been very hot on Spain. I know you're still very hot on Spain. You've been very anti-Brazil as well. Is there anything else that's caught your eye that people aren't talking about right now? Or is that the the main narrative you think that just Brazil are, are far too short at this stage?
2: Yeah, I think for those that are close to betting, I think, and maybe can get Mark and Jack's opinion on this before we wrap up, I, I just don't understand that Brazil price. It just looks too short defensively being very good but you know serbia switzerland middle middle tier teams okay they haven't haven't given up any chances really against them but it's just too short when they go to meet the likes of a france or a spain the teams that they're going to have to beat brazil to win this world cup i just can't see if you take it game by game or to qualify prices how it ends up still being that short for brazil to win this world cup um have I been impressed? I've been, like, like everyone, impressed with Saudi Arabia. Um, could cause an upset to get through. I thought USA were excellent against England and are going to be really, really tricky for the Dutch. Uh, so there's a lot of really good last 16 games to look forward to. And what often happens with a World Cup is the finals, the finals, because such a high bar, such high expectations, we can end up being disappointed with what actually gets delivered in a final. And if you go back to last Monday morning with the 3-3 and the 3-2, last 16 games you're going to have some absolute crackers so after the group stage whether you're a football fan football pundit football better let's take a deep breath let's relax and strap in and get ready to go again for these last 16s because do not miss a game if you can help it if you have to go to the bathroom for two hours you know Monday afternoon do it because (laughs) you don't know which of these games is going to be the one that everyone's going to be talking about and saying wow that was incredible the interesting narrative that has happened has been the FIFA additional time and we've all had to adjust all bookmakers whether you're modelling pricing we've had to push out our additional time because what happens is the longer a game plays obviously more opportunities for goals uh, so there has been a bit of an adjustment to that there was a few soft penalties given um, and still been given like I, I didn't think it was a penalty for Bruno Fernandes you're breaking your fall with your hand how, how can that be a penalty against you oh, it's, I don't it's
0: ridiculous ridiculous a, decision that was
2: just hopeful that we don't see a decision like that in the final, that that like, I mean, it's such a massive thing to win a World Cup. You don't want it to be decided with a decision like that, but we have seen people off the back of that narrative, off the back of that recency boys, seeing, you know, penalties to be awarded, kind of been backed in a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's been fascinating. It's been a brilliant watch. And like I said, we're at time of recording. We're, we're just into the third round, but like we're more than halfway through the matches now. So there's some pretty good ones to come still. And this in, We obviously don't always have to have a bet. You can enjoy all these games without having a bet. But if you do, just keep it fun. And yeah, let's see what happens.
0: Yeah, really interesting that there's already been an adjustment uh, for all of that extra uh, stoppage time, which, of course, has been a big feature of this World Cup. Talking of time, that's all we have time for on this edition of World Cup Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. If you want the best tips and insight delivered straight to your inbox, you can sign up for our World Cup newsletter at betting.betfair.com. From Jason, from Jake, from Mark and from me, it's goodbye for now.